Saints, let's just uh, welcome one and say we're with all our campuses today. So we're in Chesterfield, obviously, Derby, Sheffield, Stocksbridge and Rotherham. And also there's hundreds of people joining us online today. And we just want to say anybody that's here for the first time in any of those campuses, but even joining us online, we want to say a massive welcome. So come on, church. Let's do that. And then we can take our seats. You chose a great day to be in church. What a great day. Walking on sunshine. Oh, fantastic. And it's Imagine on Tuesday evening, ladies. And Imagine Conference is seven weeks away. So get ready. Get that in your diary and book in for that. There's so much happening. Like as Nathan said, We've got a vision series that we're doing up to the summer, really, while I'm doing when I speak, and it's called The Future of Everything, and I've talked about the future of the church, and today I want to talk about the future of faith, the future of faith, and I'd like to start with reading uh, a few verses. First of all, in Hebrews 11 and verse 6, the writer to the Hebrews says this, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Have you ever thought about that? Why is that? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would approach him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And then I want to read this prayer. It's part of this prayer is really familiar to us here at Icon Church, but it's from Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 21. It's written by the Apostle Paul to a church in what's now Turkey. And he says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power. I pray that you may have power, he says, together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. This love that is more than knowledge. Now to him, this is the bit we know, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I'd like to pray just and join with Paul there and just say, Lord, today, let you get glory in the church throughout all nations and forever and ever. And the whole church said, Amen. The last part of this prayer, as I say, we're very familiar with. With where it starts now to him who is able. We love to declare how powerful God is, that God is able. We love to be reminded and we need to be reminded that God can do far more than we can ask or imagine. He's that big. Imagine that, that God can do far more than we could ask or imagine. Uh, The verse says we can't do that. We can't imagine that. Because whatever we can imagine, God can do far more. Right now, whatever you are imagining or believing for, whatever you're thinking God might do, whatever you're hoping for, praying for, asking for, believing for, 
God is able to do far more than we ask or imagine. Whatever I'm believing for, whatever you're believing for, it's not hard for God. But there's this small portion of the verse that doesn't always grasp our attention. It's that bit that grasps our attention. God is able to do more than we ask or imagine. And if we're honest, this small part of the verse can feel a little awkward. Well, at least for me, it can feel a little awkward. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us. God is able. I love that, don't you? God is able to do far more than I can ask or imagine. I really love that. But then it says, according to the power that's at work within us. And I'm not quite sure about that. At times I feel, I don't know what that means and it feels a little awkward. In fact, if we're honest, the Bible can feel a little awkward at times, can't it? I said if we're honest. (laughs) You know, my generation, we were told, you know, you become a follower of Jesus, you become a Christian, read your Bible. And we, we said, okay. So we got our Bibles and we began to read our Bibles and we found some awkward things in there, some things we didn't understand, some things that looked and sounded a bit weird. But we thought, it's God's word, it's the Bible. So it's okay, maybe one day I'll get it, one day I'll understand it, I'll get what I can for now. And then, you know, understand it later. But today, if you say to a person who becomes a follower of Jesus, be great for your next step, just start reading the Bible. Like us, like my generation, I think they say, okay. But then the next time you see them, they say, Paul, I've started to read the Bible. And you say, that's so cool, that's so good. Well done, I'm pleased because it's God's word. And God's word can come alive in us. But I've got a question. Okay, it's good to have questions. Page three. Oh, we didn't get very far. (laughs) Page three. On page three of the Bible, there's a talking snake. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, the Bible can seem weird at times if you're not used to it. You see, I read about the talking snake. My generation reads about the talking snake, and we just keep reading. We just kept reading. Modern people are like, whoa, tell us about the talking snake. On page three. Okay, well, I'm not going to do that today. We're not going to get into the talking snake today. But in this series, The Future of Everything, I am going to talk about, I'm going to do a talk called The Future of the Bible. And we might get to the talking snake then. And I know you're all thinking, when are we going to do that, Paul? That sounds exciting. Let's talk about the talking snake or some of the weird stuff in the Bible. Well, you just need to keep coming. And you'll hear the message about the talking snake or about my weird Bible and all the rest of it. But anyway, back to our text. God is able. Come on. God is able to do more than I can ask or imagine. Yes. I think somebody, maybe you just came just for that today. To know that God is able to do more than you can imagine. Right now, your imagination might be just small or restricted, or you might be thinking, maybe God would do this. Well, I want to tell you today, God is able to do more. I want to encourage you, and maybe that's what you came for today. But it's according to the power that's at work within you. You see, this verse would not be awkward if it just said, according to his power. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, according to his power. You wouldn't find that strange in Stocksbridge, would you, if it, if it said according to his power? It wouldn't be awkward if it just said God is able to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. That wouldn't seem strange in Rotherham or Sheffield or Derby, would it, today? But it says, according to the power that's at work within you. I don't know about you, but often I don't know if I've got that power in me. Often I don't know. You see, God is trying to communicate something to us in this verse. And that's why it feels awkward, because God's trying to shift our mindset. He's trying to shift our understanding. And it can feel a little awkward because we can struggle to believe it. We can struggle to believe that there's any kind of power that is able to do abundantly above or immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. We struggle to believe, not that God has that power, that that power might be working in us. And so we can skip over it and we can focus on the God part because this part seems a little counterintuitive. You see, we think the problem has shifted in this verse from God to us. We think the focus has shifted from God who is able to do immeasurably more to our power. But I want to tell you the focus hasn't shifted. It's just the location that's shifted. Because when we read the first part of the verse, we know, yeah, God who is in heaven is able. God who created the universe can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. But now the writer and God is trying to say to us, but yeah, that same power, that same power is at work in you. So it's not talking about a different power, it's talking about a different location for that power. Sometimes we think, well, it feels confusing because you don't know me, the real me. If, if the Bible knew me, the real me, it'd never say that there's a power working inside of me. Or you may have grown up in a generation that, where everyone tells you you're awesome, but you know inside you don't always feel awesome, or you don't think you're that awesome. The soundtrack of your life or your generation might be, I believe I can fly. But deep down, you know you can't. Swallows can fly. Geese can fly. Eagles can fly. Pigeons can fly. And you and I, yeah, we want to soar like an eagle, but we feel more like chickens. Because <laughs> a chicken ought to be able to fly, didn't it? It's got wings. I think it's a bird. But it's got domesticated and it's got used to living on the ground. It's grown big feet so that it walks and struts around. Actually, it doesn't just walk around, does it? A chicken, it struts around. So it doesn't fly much. It walks and struts. So when you hear God is able, you say, yes, come on, God is able. When you hear God wants to do more than we ask or imagine, we're like, yes, come on, bring it on. Do more than I'm thinking. Do more than I can see. But then when we hear, according to the power at work in you, sometimes we feel, that power, I don't feel like there's a power working in me. Why does this matter? I am so glad you asked. Sheffield, thank you so much for asking that question. It matters because we need faith. We need faith. We know God is able, but we need faith not just to know that God is able, but we need faith to know that God is going to use me and use you. We need faith to understand that God's power is not just at work in the universe, that God's power has not just been at work in creation and some of those huge things, but that God's power is at work within us right here, right now, today.
And we need faith because we don't always feel like that, do we? You see, the future of faith is this. God's plans will be outworked through you and through me. Let me say that again. The future of faith is this. God's plans will be outworked through you and through me. So often we're saying, God, would you do this? God, would you do that? And God says, yes, but I'm going to use you. I'm going to use my people. I'm going to use my church. I think in these verses, God is trying to say, I'm not just going to do it. You're going to be involved. Have you noticed that the things that God desires to do are only accomplished if faith is involved? If somebody's ask or somebody's imagination can grow to such an extent that what was previously thought impossible is now considered possible. I wonder why that is. I wonder why that without faith it's impossible to please God. That the things that God desires are only accomplished if faith is involved. It could be that person that you thought would never follow Jesus. And then one day in your imagination, you think, maybe they'd come to church with me. You start to think differently. That's faith getting involved in that situation. You start to think maybe they could serve God in this way. That's faith. Or it could be that future that you thought was reserved for people who were smarter than you or with a different start in life to you. People who maybe haven't made the mistakes that you made. And then one day you begin to imagine that future for yourself. That God can forgive the past. That God can overcome the past. And that God can do something through you. That's faith. Or maybe you got sick. And you had devastating news. And you, you wondered whether you would ever recover. Maybe you had a... Uh, a diagnosis that you would never recover or get through. But something rose up on the inside of you and you began to imagine yourself well. You began to believe that you would overcome. That's called faith. And it's exactly what God wants. He wants to imagine. He wants us to imagine today. The future of faith is that we would imagine what God could do in us and through us. In 2017, four and a half years ago, nearly five years ago, I got really sick and uh, all my vital organs began shutting down. My heart function dropped as low as 13%. Yeah, 13. And my liver and kidneys, as well as my heart, were failing. They were shutting down too. I was on machines being kept alive. And uh, Jeannie was told by the consultants in the hospital, I was in the uh, intensive treatment unit, or, and she was told by the consultant at the hospital four times in one day that I would die. She was told, told that I'd go to sleep and I wouldn't wake up. And apparently I was told that too. But I was enjoying the drugs they were pumping into my body too much that I can't remember. And they said... We need you to send for people who you want to see because you'll go to sleep and not wake up. Because that's what the numbers were telling them. Four times Jeannie was told I would die, but she never believed it. If you ask her, did you ever believe that Paul would die? She never believed it because she knew God was able to do far more, immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. 
It's called faith. In that moment, she had faith. She had a gift of faith. I was told that I would have a heart nurse for life. I only had a heart nurse for six months because by faith, we saw that my heart would get early. I was meant to have an operation on my heart. I talked about the Bible being a little weird and a bit awkward. Well, church is going to get a little weird and a bit awkward in a moment. I was told that I was going to have to have an operation on my heart. And uh, I went into hospital two weeks after I'd been discharged. And uh, I was on the operating table. Let's see if we can do this without wrecking the microphone. Come on, Jeannie. Just look, we're matching today. Look at that. We're matching today. And I was on the operating table. On the operating table. Let's do this. I think I had a pillar. I ain't got any pillars. I think I had a nurse bringing me water. Are we all right? Yeah. I'm on the operating table. I was actually laid the other way. <laughs> anyway, this will do. And the consultant is here, and I've got a machine over my chest. They've pumped some stuff into my veins so that they can see what they're doing. They're going to go in through my groin up to my heart and do the operation. I, I did say in through the groin, by the way. But <laughs> the consultant is stood here. And he's looking at some screens, and I can't see what he's looking at because of this. And he just starts going, oh, oh, hmm. And then he comes to my head where I can see him, and he said, well, that all looks fine. I'm on the operating table. That all looks fine. Let's take you back to the ward. I'll come and see you in an hour and a half. I've got some other jobs I can get, be getting on with. You need, you, you, you need to rest for a, a little while. Go back to the ward, and I'll come and see you. So, like Lazarus, I rose from the grave. I actually didn't. They wheeled me back to the ward. And uh, he came to see me an hour and a half later, and I said to him, what was all that about? And he said, I've no idea. He said, but your heart was functioning really well. So there's no need for the operation. One year later, I was discharged by the consultants at the hospital. And in the letter that discharged me, the consultant wrote, Paul's heart, your heart is now functioning at 100%. From 13%, to 100%. God is able. Now, some people, you might think that that doesn't happen. It does, because God still does miracles today. God is able. And so Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. We are the only species, humans, that God requires faith from. We're the only species. You see, a dog doesn't need faith. Your dog doesn't need faith. It just needs to live by instinct and be a dog. I think dogs are amazing. Walking smiles. That's a dog. I mean, you can have a bad day. You can be even a bad dog owner. But you get home, you open that door, and there's that dog. And it's just a walking smile. Not many dog lovers in church this morning. (laughs) See, all a dog needs to do is be a walking smile. 
I love that about dogs. A cat doesn't need faith. (laughs) Truthfully, a cat doesn't care anyway. (laughs) You know, if there was a cat Bible, and in the cat Bible it says, without faith it is impossible to please God, the cat would say, I'm just going to be a cat and God can please himself. (laughs) A cat doesn't care. Erwin McManus says this, humans need faith because without it we live subhuman. Our imagination, our thinking, our vision is subhuman. Without faith we cannot access the things that are in the mind of God but are not yet in our minds. The faith that God has for our future, the faith that God has for our family, the faith that God has for our friends. What about the faith that God has for our world? We can't access what God has in his mind without faith. It's okay for every other species just to live by instinct, just to do what comes natural. For honeybees to create honey and build hives, that's okay, that's it. It's okay for them to do that. Ants to build colonies, beavers to build dams. It's just okay for them to live by instinct, for a giraffe just to look elegant and beautiful. But humans, you and me, we were made in the image of God. And that means we were created to imagine what doesn't yet exist in our lives, in the lives of our family, in the lives of our friends, in the lives of our church, and also in the life of the world. There's a great story in the Bible that illustrates this so well, and I want to read it, and then I'm going to close this morning. It's in Mark chapter 2 verses 1 to 12, it says this, when he, Jesus, returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that there was no longer room for them, not even in the front door, and he was speaking God's word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they climbed onto the roof and removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, teachers of the law, and they were questioning in their hearts, Why do this fellow speak this way? Actually, this is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves. And he said to them, why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is it easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up, take your mat and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And he stood up, and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them. And they were amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Don't you think it's time for some prayers that are like, we've never seen anything like that, but we're going to ask for it anyway? We've never seen God do that yet, but we're going to ask for it anyway. Don't you think it's time for some of those prayers today? 
You see, the people in the room, especially the scribes, the religious teachers, they had no imagination and no expectation that Jesus could heal a paralyzed man. Not only that, they had no expectation or belief that he could forgive sins. In fact, they thought it was blasphemous to even suggest that. But Jesus did both. He forgave the man his sins and he healed him of his paralysis. We know that Jesus can do that, right? We know that miracles still happen. We know that he can forgive sins. We know that you can be on an operating table. You can have the dye in your veins ready. You can have all the stuff prepared for that entrance. (laughs) And the consultants can say, hmm, that all seems fine. You see, this whole story pivots on these friends and on this phrase, Mark 2 and verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith. This story is only in the Bible because of these friends and because of their faith. The faith that was evidenced because they brought him to Jesus. By the way, there was more than four friends. There was a, a group of them, but four were carrying him. And then some people came, it says, some people bringing a paralyzed man carried by four of them, of the son. So I want to close with three thoughts today and then I want to pray because I really feel that God wants to do something, even today, something in our hearts and something in our lives today. It's time for some prayers, like we've never seen that. We've never seen anything like that. What could you, God wants to increase what you could ask and imagine today. Not, not just hope for, but ask and imagine. So, few minutes. First of all, this. The power working is, as I've already said, is the Holy Spirit. The focus hasn't shifted to my power, your power. The focus hasn't shifted in that verse to, you're so awesome, you can do anything. No, no. It's the power of God that's working in us. The power of the Holy Spirit is working in you. And maybe you came here today and you thought, you know, is God doing anything in my life? I want to encourage you today and tell you today, wherever you are, in any of our campuses, I want to tell you in Rotherham today, God is working in you. Acts 1 and verse 8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It's the same word, dunamis, which we get the word dynamite or dynamo from. It's the same word. The power at work within us is the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the focus hasn't shifted from God to us. It's just zoomed in on the location where God is working. The Bible tells us that in every situation, God is working for our good. It tells us that whatever we face, God uses it to grow and develop us, to grow our capacity, to grow our imagination, to grow our faith, to grow our character. God uses everything. So faith knows that God is able. Faith knows that God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And faith knows that there has to be a way. I want to encourage you. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To receive, even today, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is at work in you and he will help you to start to see things and imagine things that maybe today you can't see or you can't imagine. He'll be there to strengthen you in every season, to give you hope and peace. What is it you need today? Be filled with the Holy Spirit today. The second thing, 
what does God want you to imagine for the future that you're not able to see yet? Faith, Hebrews 11, 1 verse 2 says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope only exists in the future. When hope is linked to the past, it's regret. I hoped that would have happened. It's disappointment and regret. But hope is linked to the future. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. There are things that God sees we haven't yet imagined. There are things for Icon Church God sees we've not yet even imagined. Not even imagined. We've got to work on what we have imagined and what we are believing for, but there are still more things that we've not yet seen. You know, the church has a better relationship often to the past than we do to the future. And it's so hard to convince people that God is a God of the future when the church holds so tightly to the past. We are people who believe that God can do immeasurably more than we can ask or think and that faith is the conviction of things hoped for. You know, God's vision could well be us letting go of the past and walking free from the past in our personal lives or in some area of our work or whatever it is and walking into the future he has for us. 1 Corinthians 2 verses 9 and 10 says, What no eye has seen or ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, but what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. These verses speak about how God prepared Jesus for us as our Savior and our Lord, and we didn't see it coming. We didn't see that God himself would be the Messiah, that God himself would be the Savior, that God himself would die on a cross to forgive us. But the Holy Spirit has revealed that to us. But it also speaks of the Holy Spirit searching the heart of God for what he has in this generation. Searching the mind of God for what God wants to do, what God is imagining in this generation. I love that our women's ministry is called Imagine. Imagine. There's a past to walk free of and a future to embrace. So I want to invite the band back as we close because I want to ask one final question and it's simply this. What does God want to do today? Mother's Day, 2022. What does God want to do today? Because God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or think. You know, I hope from these verses and from this talk, you know that God wants you to know that he's working in you. Maybe you came here today and I don't know, you just came because you come to church or you were invited by somebody. What a great day to come to church. I hope you've had a great day in church in any of our campuses, if that's you, today. But I believe there's more. There's a reason you're here. God wants you to know he's working in you. He's for you and he's working in you. And the future of faith is you and me always knowing that God is at work within us. 
When I don't feel it, you're working. When I can't see it, you're working. Nathan says so many times, God is doing more behind our backs than he is in front of our faces. He's working. He wants us to know that. He wants you to know that the power that's working in you is the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Your resources, your strength, your power, your imagination will hit a ceiling, will have a capacity, but there's a power working within you that is unmovable and unstoppable, that doesn't have any limit. It's a power that's at work within you. And I believe God wants to fill you today. Fill me today afresh with the Holy Spirit. You might say, well, I received the Holy Spirit years ago. Fantastic. You might say, I did Alpha, and we did the Alpha Holy Spirit Day. Brilliant. But God wants to fill us today. You know, the Bible tells us, there's a verse in the Bible that says to us, be being filled with the Spirit. It doesn't just say, we read, it in our, we read it in our English Bible and it says be filled with the Spirit but actually in the original language it says be being filled be being filled be being filled so the question isn't where we filled or have we been filled it's are we being filled with the Holy Spirit maybe you came today and you have never made a decision to follow Jesus I believe God wants to know you today and he wants you to know him wants to have a relationship with you and before I finish after I've prayed in a moment I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus I want you to know that God loves you and he's got a plan for your life and he loves you so much that he came himself and died on a cross for you Jesus died for you to save you to forgive your sins and so that you could have a relationship with him he didn't come just to offer you a religion or some rules or regulations, he came and said, I want to know you. I want a relationship with you. Sin has broken that relationship, but I want you to come back. And I want to give you an opportunity today. But I also believe that God wants to do miracles today. Maybe you came to church and you you weren't asking for that or you weren't imagining that, but God is able to do far more than we can ask or imagine I wonder in all our campuses can we stand because I want to pray Uh, two weeks ago we prayed for people at the end of our worship night and um, there were there were several testimonies from that night that came back to us one was uh, a person was prayed for insomnia they couldn't sleep and uh, the person who'd prayed for that person received a text the following day and said Um, actually had the best night's sleep for ages because God is able to do far more than we ask or imagine I believe that there's people today whether you're in Chesterfield, Derby, Sheffield Stocksbridge or Rotherham or you're online and and you're struggling with sleep today something is troubling you I want to believe today that God will break that from you that if you're struggling with insomnia, sleeplessness, worry, panic in the night, God wants to take that off of you today. I'm going to pray in a moment. Uh, I felt God say that there are also people in you having pan- panic attacks. And, uh, and God wants to bring a peace into your world. 
and, and deliver you from those panic attacks. I know what panic attacks, attacks are, like, uh, are like. When I left the hospital, they came to me and they said, uh, you, you, this is trauma, Paul. You've been through trauma. And I said, I've not been through trauma. Trauma is if you have your leg blown off or trauma is if you're at war and you see your friend killed in the trenches or something. That's trauma. And they said, no, you nearly died. You'll have panic attacks. I know what panic attacks are like. I know, I know. JFK airport, I'm in the line and I have a panic attack and all I can think is I need to get out of here. The only thing that stopped me was the guy there with a rifle. And I'm texting Jeannie and I'm saying, I don't want to tell Sam, Sam's with me, but I'm having a panic attack. I, I literally, I want to bang on the perspex, say, let me out of here, let me out of here. I know what that's like. And, and maybe you've not had it in JFK airport, but you're suffering some panic attacks in your life. I believe God wants to heal you today, set you free. Somebody else, I don't know where you are, but you're in one of our campuses today and you're recovering from injury. And God wants to physically touch your body today to escalate your recovery. Um, and you'll notice in the coming days, you, there'll be things that you say, you know, I, this, I was in pain on Sunday. And you'll just notice I'm not in pain. I was in pain on Sunday, but I'm not in pain. This was difficult for me to do on Sunday, but it's not difficult for me any longer. Uh, we've already had praise reports about people who are um, finding jobs, and we've had lots of those over the last few weeks. Uh, but there's some, somebody, again, in one of our campuses or even online, and you've been looking for a new job, and there's just been nothing. No door has been opening. Um, this week, a door's going to open for you. This week, a door's going to open for you. Maybe you didn't come to church with that faith today, but God is going to open supernaturally a door. Tell us the story for you this week. One more thing. Somebody said these words to God in prayer. I'm just hanging on. I'm only just hanging on. You've... feel the power of the Holy Spirit all over this you've said those exact words but supernatural strength and peace is going to come today so I'm going to pray right now I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and touch people in all of our campuses touch people in your living room in your kitchen your bedroom wherever you're watching online today if you need personal prayer I'm going to invite you if you're in any of our campuses you can come forward and the people who will pray for you personally you may just want to receive where you are but if you do want someone to personally pray for you you can come forward and then I want to close the service with an opportunity so come on just get in a posture just believe right now to receive and I just ask come Holy Spirit in this moment we believe that you are able to do far more than we can ask 
or imagine. In this moment, you're able to touch us, to restore our bodies, to restore our soul, to restore our mind, to heal us, to set us free. And there's things today, and I didn't mention them. It wasn't something that God had spoken to my heart. But there's things today that as you lift your heart and open your heart to God, He just wants to touch you in this moment. He just wants to strengthen you. So come Holy Spirit, from the front to the back. Just come Holy Spirit, touch every person, touch every life today. In any of our campuses, if you want someone to pray for you, don't be shy. Please feel free to come forward whenever you want. So as I close, what is it that you can't see that God wants you to see? What is it that you can't imagine? Every time you begin to dream this particular thing, you dismiss it. Every time you begin to say, I'd love for that to happen, you dismiss it. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is at work in you and for you today. What picture of the future do you keep rejecting because you can't quite believe? I want you to know that God's power is working in you and that He is able to do far more than we can ask or imagine.